Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. It is Thursday, April the 11th, and this particular podcast, our EKN debrief of the 2019 United States Pro Kart Series opener, the Southern Grand Prix in Ocala uh, Grand Prix in Florida. It's uh, episode 46 of the debrief as we continue to work our way now into the second quarter of 2019. Uh, the end, essentially, of our dual weekend double-double. Uh, David Cole, uh, before I uh, introduce our presenting sponsor for this particular episode of the, of the debrief, that was, a pretty, that was a pretty long stretch. Uh, an extra weekend for me, I started, of course, at the, uh, at the race, um, the, the opening round of the Road to Indy program in St. Petersburg. But, dude, we were, we were on it for, for a couple of weekends in a row. That's still going. Um, I don't think <laughs> we are done working until, you know, Saturday when we – you know, are able to put our feet back up and watch a little Masters uh, this weekend. A lot going on this weekend. I'm, yeah, we'll definitely be watching some Masters. I'm going to be watching IndyCar at Long Beach. Actually, I won't be watching it because we don't get it in Canada. So I'll be listening to my my buddies of the IndyCar Radio Network. Uh, but yeah, it's it was a it was a tough run. We uh, we knocked out uh, two races each weekend uh, for our dual weekend double double. Uh, David, of course, in Florida last weekend for the opening round of the USPKS. I was at the finale of the Challenge of the Americas in Sonoma. We'll have that debrief. We're going to record it tomorrow. Lots going on, as David said. We do have a little bit of a break in the action until we head back out on the road in the Supercar USA Spring Nationals in Utah. But a lot of great content coming out here, folks, on the EKN Radio Network between then. So uh, make sure you download the app uh, because we got a lot of great stuff coming. Today's EKN debrief, again, episode number 46, presented by CRG Nordam. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. After years of independent American importers, CRG Nordam is now managed directly by the factory and run out of their state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and they're serious about success. If you're ready to step up to the next level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. All right, David Cole, uh, obviously with our dual weekend double-double, you and I haven't been at the same racetrack um, since the Winter Nationals for Supercarts USA. So I'm here to kind of run, uh, I don't want to say backup, you know, <laughs> because you're really going to quarterback today's action because uh, you were the one that was, that was trackside. I'll do tomorrow's recording of the Challenge of America's finale. I'll quarterback that one. But let's just say, say this, and obviously I can comment, knowing the numbers, knowing all this input that I got from you, following what you were doing as well uh, on all our ECAN trackside live stuff. Just a really, really strong start for the USPKS this year with, with big numbers down in Florida. Um, it's really, you know, you and I, I think we, we're happy when we see good numbers uh, across the board. I don't care what program it is. We want to see people racing. We want strong series. And you guys, you know, USPKS, what a great start to the season. It was. It was a great start to the season, and it was probably the biggest number they had since the beginning of 2016. So to be able to start out uh, that strong, um, building that momentum, I think uh, really what it boils down to is the fact that there's only three races, uh, three events for the series in 2019. So that, uh, that helps start staying off uh, on the right foot and gets people motivated to be part of the program. Not to mention the uh, you know the prize package that they put out together with 
uh, probably close. I think they said $90,000, including a number of prizes throughout the weekend, cash prizes for the first time in a while. And of, of, of course, tickets to the IME International Final in France. You know, interesting too, David, looking at some of the, the programs we have right now. If you look, at, stand back and take a step back and look at the landscape of karting, we're kind of in like a manufacturer-driven time, right? You know, there's IAMI classes. It's all IAMI over here. It's all rock over here. The road tax is coming back. You know, after, Dave, you've been doing this with us now for 15 years. And we've seen the kind of, you know, the evolution of the sport. When we had all the tag categories at one point, all the engine manufacturers could play together. Well, now we're separated a bit. So, you know, it's kind of more pure categories with one manufacturer at the programs. USPKS, of course, uh, essentially an all IAMI program. Um, even with that kind of, I know, uncertainty to a certain extent from some people, we do have stability in the sport right now. The the Scusa Pro Tour, you know, into its tenth year. Uh, same goes for the uh, for the Challenge of the Americas. Now they've made an engine change, but but again, you know, stability with that program. Same goes now for USPKS. It's it's hard to believe that this is actually the seventh season of the USPKS. It is the seventh season. I, I think when you when when you're talking like that, you're you're talking about um, just it's almost a type of a easier format, e- easier structure for people to understand. Uh, when we had yeah. when we had multiple engine categories, it was it, it, again it kind of threw people out that were new to the sport, and and for those who were new to the sport, it, it wasn't as welcoming as it is with hey, this is the engine package you run. This is what everybody is running type situ- scenario that we are in right now. So that that type that kind of helps the stability of our sport, as you, as you said. Um, but again, it also means that the manufacturers are v- very focused on promoting uh, the engine packages that they do provide. And we're getting a lot of support from those from those manufacturers. Yeah, agreed. And it's funny you said that, David, because it's interesting because you, you think about somebody who came into the sport. Now, we, we've been doing it a long time, so it's, it's not really a big deal to us. But back in the tag days, think about somebody coming into, into a, the sport. And maybe they've done motocross or whatever. They look to come into tag and it's the, immediately it's, well, which engine do I buy? Uh, is this one going to be good for this racetrack? So I don't want to buy it. I don't want to invest in an engine and have it not be the best one. And I'm always saying that the engine's the reason why. You know, it's. That's a good point because we do have that stability now with the engine packages and it's more simplistic when somebody does, it does come in. They know that they're going to have the same engine as the driver beside them. Now, overall, let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the fact that you've kind of been the, uh, you've been the bringer of rain, David, everywhere you've gone, there's been rain and, you know, watching what was going on down there. I'm like, maybe David's not going to get any rain this weekend. Everything's good. It's, it's, it's warm temperatures. And then I see on Facebook, you guys <laughs> You got hammered with hail. It wasn't. It wasn't going to end, was it? Well, the the streak continued early Friday because we woke up to to a wet ground. So automatically, I was five for five on events in 2019 that included rain. Yeah, but was it actually was it actually raining at the track? That or was it just wet. Well, it had rained in early in the early hours of the day Friday. Right. So technically, right. so technically, technically, it had rained at the event that I was at before we even got on track. <laughs> Now, mind you, I got there a little late because I had to throw in some Waffle House trip. So uh, when I was there, yes, everything was dry and everybody was on dry tires. And and believe me, the humidity just, you know, took away all that moisture and brought it, put it up in the air and and uh, made it really sticky all weekend long. But, uh, yeah, it was that Saturday afternoon storm cell that moved in 
uh, with just two races left in the main event rounds that produced a strong winds, heavy rain, and and actually hail um, as the sun was shining uh, towards the end of the cell <laughs> moving over us. So it was uh, it was that thirty minutes. Uh, I think it was about thirty minutes of of that storm cell moving over us. It was it was a weird um, change in weather from the time it hit us to the time it left, and. Did you guys break? Is that did you, did you just call like hold, put it on well, hold for thirty minutes? It, the 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 class on track was K one hundred junior, and it was on hold uh, due to a due to lightning in the area. Oh, copy. And and you know it started raining, but it was really the lightning that made made them throw the red flag uh, because again you don't you, it's just like any other sport you can't be out in the elements uh, when lightning and. And, and and thunder are coming and then so finally you take a look at the radar and it's like okay yep let's get everybody off the racetrack it's gonna it's gonna come it's gonna hit us hard so that's when uh that's that that was the reason for the red flag copy uh at the start of this particular segment as we do the overview of the opening round of the united states pro card series here on the ekn debrief of course episode number 46 i mentioned great numbers david let's have a look at those numbers because just across the board uh, you know, double digit in every category, you know, you, the X30 pro able to actually hit that 30 mark, N- nothing to the point where it was, you know, 40 something carts, but just really strong numbers across the board, the class structure, which I think is, is really good too. I think 140 is, is a magic number because that would be about 20 per category. Uh, and that's essentially what you want to see when you're racing at least 20 drivers in your class. And, and we only had two classes that didn't hit the 20 mark with X 30 masters masters at 15 and then micro swift at 17, but both had solid numbers. Micro actually up three from last year and masters only down two from last year. But, but the, uh, the quality of drivers in both those categories really stepped up uh, this year. Uh, But like you said, I think the, the, the highlight was X 30 pro getting back to that 30 mark, which, we saw for a number of uh, events uh, throughout the series hit, and then all of a sudden it dropped down to n- nearly almost ten to fifteen, and now it's gotten back up to that thirty mark. You mentioned that that you know twenty is that kind of magic number because when once you hit twenty, you let ten rows of cards, you feel like you got that that solid group. Thirty is that next one, right? It, I, I you know at thirty. I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know if we have it right now, but in the driver rankings, I know that when I first did it, 30 was the number that I used for a kind of a full field at the start because when I first started doing it back in 1999, the driver rankings, because that for me, that was okay. 30 to 32, man, you got it. That's a full grid. Now, back then in the 90s and 2000s, we weren't thinking about 44 carts on a class. Like, you know, people look back and, and say how great it was back in the day. And yeah, it was fantastic. But we, we yeah, those at the Scusa Pro Tour races at main, at, uh, WK Constructor Championship, we didn't have 30 carts. There was probably 24 to 26 to 28. That was a pretty good field. So uh, to see 30 there strong and interesting, David, as you said, only one class, and that's X30 Masters, only one class went down from last year. Every other class increasing. And as you said, Masters only down two. So do you, do you, do you see a bounce back? I don't say a bounce back, but do you see more Masters drivers coming to play, you think, for the next round? I think it was just a few locals that didn't decided not to race uh, okay. this year because it was the same players that uh, we saw last year with the Carapalettis, the uh, uh, Laurentiu Mardan with the Techno Group. Uh, Scott Cop came back. 
Um, Scott Roberts was there, you know, so, so there were, there were a lot of the, uh, the same players, uh, there. I just think it was, uh, less locals this time around. So we'll see what we get at GoPro, but either, either way, I mean, those 15 drivers, any one of them had the ability to win. Solid stuff uh, for the opening round of the USPKF. There's your overview. David kind of giving us a scoop on the weather. Uh, we talked about some numbers. When we get back after this break, we're going to uh, jump into the paddock pass. David, of course, taking some time after Waffle House to work his way through the paddock. Uh, we'll uh, chat about that, and he'll give us some insight uh, into what he heard trackside when we get back here on the EKN Debrief. The shift is on to a new brand and a new way of thinking. Mad Old Nut Racing and Croc Promotion USA are focused on changing the paradigm when it comes to race teams in this sport. And the goal is to support dedicated young racers by giving them the tools and opportunities to succeed. Originally born as Mad Croc, the new branding is Croc Promotion, and Armando Fellini's product continues its dedication to quality and innovation. Croc Promotion USA is the American importer and distributor, and Mad Old Nut Racing is the official race team. We're ready to attack in 2019, and our race results speak for themselves. A.J. Myers swept the first four Winter Series shifter cut races of the year, and Andrew Bedozo continues to assert himself as an emerging player. Croc Promotion has momentum. Dedicated and talented young drivers, supported and mentored by team owners who know business and who are passionate about karting. That's Croc Promotion USA. That's Mad Old Nut Racing. Search for us on social media and give us a follow. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. Welcome back to episode number 46 of the Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. David Cole quarterbacking our review of the opening round of the 2019 United States Pro Kart Series, the Southern Grand Prix, of course, taking place in Florida at Ocala Grand Prix. Going to jump now into the paddock pass where David will give, it, David will give us some of his insights into uh, maybe some new drivers running for new teams, some of the stuff we saw throughout the weekend. 
This edition of the Paddock Pass presented by CompCart. Since 2005, J3 Competition has captured major victories and championships on and off the racetrack, redefining the industry with each move. The company took its unparalleled knowledge and brand recognition and developed its own chassis line, the CompCart. The CIKFIA homologated brand has been winning ever since. Visit uh, j3competition.com for more on the fastest growing chassis line in the world. First time I've had to read that one, David. Good to have CopCart on board with us now. I these reads. I, I, I should set you up for some of these reads, but I don't think you do it. You said before you wanted me to do it, right? I, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not much of a writer and a reader. <laughs> oh, good, buddy. Great. Again, great to have J3 Competition at CompCart on board with eCardingNews.com. And, it, you know, I, mean, I was in a, in a couple of conversations out in Sonoma and saying, it's funny, you know, we have great support from the industry. There's a lot of fantastic partners that we have. And I just said to somebody, there's so many out there that there are a lot out there that still don't support EK and don't do a marketing program with us. And my mind was like, but if they did, there's just so much more we could do. You know what I mean? There's just, there's just a lot more we could do if we had more partners. So it's just, that's a, that's a business side of my head spinning around. I, I, I think I had a similar conversation uh, this weekend as well, or this past weekend as well too. Well, we have so many ideas and stuff we'd like to be able to do, but it's all about manpower and equipment and, and, uh, you know, we, we keep building slowly. We've come a long way in, in, uh, in 20 years after launching Shifter Card Illustrated. And we went through a bunch of magazines, uh, of course, onto the websites and uh, now into the EKN Radio Network. Uh, you know, we're going to play with some video pretty soon. We've, we've been doing some of the live Facebook Live stuff, but it's evolving. And again, just the, the support that we get from, from companies like CRG Nordam, who is our presenting sponsor for this particular broadcast, uh, from CompCart and, and J3, you know, having them come on board such a um, kind of a almost a storied name, right? They've been around for so long now. Uh, it just it's always it's always good for you and I, David. We uh, you know we're very very grateful uh, for any kind of support we get from the industry. Uh, speaking of industry, you walk through the paddock. What uh, what are some of the stuff? What were people talking about at the paddock at the USPKS opener? Well, talking about industry members, um, I mean, you looked at the the paddock there, and there were a number of teams there that had. Uh, big tents and a number of drivers underneath them. CRG Nordam, obviously being a notable one, uh, committing to the 2019 yeah. series. Uh, they had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven drivers under their tent. Nitro Card again, um, <clears throat> filling up the micro and mini categories with uh, with their chassis, along with the junior categories as well, um, with uh, their new full size chassis. Uh, Kart Sport North America again there with a number of drivers there racing uh, with the Kart Republic brand and uh, and of course Franklin Motorsports who's been a, a big supporter of the USPKS since it began and Merlin Nation there um, so a number of big tents uh, there but also a number of privateers still racing there and and some of the smaller teams that uh, that were on hand to to battle and be among the uh, over 160 entries there on track. That's awesome. Uh, overall, uh, I probably could have talked about it in the in the, uh, the overview, but it's good for the paddock pass. Your thoughts from where you were, you know, uh, we we comment a lot that we're probably other than the staff, the, the officials. You know, you and I when we're trackside are probably some of the only people that actually watch every race. Uh, so you're able to give us kind of an overview feel. What was what was the racing like overall? Well, as we know, Ocala is kind of like the bull ring. It's like the Bristol of karting. It and, is. That's and true. it has very close quarters and you're you're constantly turning the cart. Um that lo- one loan straightaway is not very long. Um and even even the short shoot from from turn 3 down to turn 4 is 
it, it's it doesn't give you very much time to to, to relax. So you, you typically see a little bit more of uh, of the bump and run. You see a little bit more side to side contact and or not even contact, but just side side by side racing uh, going from hairpin to hairpin and 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 such. But uh, overall, the racing was very clean. Um, again, pushback bumper in effect. Uh, so starts didn't see too many issues. We had one start that was actually a red flag uh, due to a driver going over. Uh, M.O. Fittipaldi actually uh, turned over, uh, but was able to walk away along with uh, a William Cox on Sunday. He was involved in a in a flip as well, and and something I still need to to kind of review and and look at. But I was told that no matter what happens, anytime a cart is flipped over at Ocala Grand Prix, they have to pull out a red flag. And that's something that's something I don't think uh, was included in in a number of other events. So I don't know if if that has to do with any of the the situations that have gone on in, in at tracks in Florida or True. or what the situation is. But something that we'll definitely have to investigate a little bit more because again, these incidents were something that okay, you just pick up the cart and and move it over, and the driver was already up and and away, but yet red flags came out for both these incidents. Um, the, bring up the Florida point. That's definitely a possibility, but I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll dig that in. What about race format? I think, uh, they made a change to race format this year, didn't they? Yeah. The, the past two seasons, we saw the Saturday event show with two heat races and a final, and then su- Sunday being a pre-final and final format. Well, the qualifying pre-final and final format went into effect for both days rather than just on Sunday. So, it wasn't, nobody really talked about it. Um, Tim, Tim, <laughs> I was going to ask you, I was, was going to ask you, was that a talking point? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> Tim Coyne brought it up to me because I had no, I didn't even, I'm just, because you, we bounce around to all these different events and they have different yep. point structures and formats that you just kind of, okay, this is my schedule and I'm kind of going off of that. But he made, he made a point to, uh, to mention it to me. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm like, it's about time you guys did this. And so it's just, you know, when you have that pre-final final, as we know, you know, being there throughout every session of every weekend that we go to, it allows for, for more laps to, to be on track and it allows for less downtime and that it's that downtime that makes events seem longer than they really are. People never take into account the warm up laps, and the cool down lap, right? It's just like, it's, well, we'll give you this amount of time. Well, remember it's, you're going to drivers are cooling down and you got to do it after every race, another pickup, right? If, if there's a card off other than one pickup, it's, 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 it's two or three. So yeah, it's, uh, we've seen a couple of series kind of tighten things up a bit going from the heat to the pre-final. Yeah. And I, I and again, it, it provides for longer races, um, especially with USBKS. They love putting laps on these guys and, and I mean, a pre-final for masters was 18 laps. I mean, <laughs> some, some of these guys looked a little tired after the pre-final, let alone the, the 20 some lap final that they had. We, we did 15 lap, 15 and 22 at Sonoma. Now, as you said, it's more of a smaller track at, at Ocala. We did 15 and 22 at, at the challenge of the Americas race at Sonoma. And when I was on the racetrack, you know, you're, you're, you're hammering around there. I haven't driven in a long time, man. You know, they brought that halfway flag out and I was, well, Wow. <laughs> All right, let's do another eight. Let's go. So yeah, they. I, I like the longer run, and, and Ocala's busy, right? That's what you said too. There's not a lot of chance to, to break at Ocala. I, I think it's a pretty physical racetrack with the, the you know the hair, the double hairpins, and uh, it's a busy racetrack. Busy for sure. Hey, what about cash? 
What about cash, David? Like you mentioned something about obviously the, the, they kind of brought some money back in for the X30 Pro and the, and the X30 Junior. Uh, when I was talking to Tony Tesoro from CRG Nordam down at uh, uh, at the Texas Pro Car Challenge race at Denton, that was one of the things that I think probably helped bring CRG back a little bit was the fact that they were rolling cash out for, for the pro classes. Yeah, before uh, the series had cash prizes, uh, but again, the numbers weren't quite there over the last couple of years. So they just, yeah. you know, did regular prizes at the end of the year for the championship. But now they're bringing back the weekend prizes, um, forty five hundred uh, in X thirty Pro and forty five hundred in X thirty Junior. So twenty five hundred to the winner in both categories, twelve fifty for second place and seven hundred and fifty dollars for third, along with a brand new set of MG tires for all three pod- uh, top. Uh, finishers on the weekend so six sets of tires total plus the forty five hundred dollars in cash uh it's a lot per weekend uh it's something we had before back in the day when it was x30 pro and yamaha pro uh getting the cash at the end of the weekend so they brought it back but they're using x30 junior uh as the second uh cash money category yeah, pretty impressive. Twenty five hundred bucks. That's that's a nice check at the end of the weekend. That's pretty solid. Well, yeah, Austin Garrison, who was able to take away one of those checks, was very happy uh, as he's getting a new sound system put into a boat. So that'll go towards that. <laughs> really? All well, right. It's well, not going to go back to racing. Come on, all these guys who win money, it never goes back into racing. I'm surprised CRG Nordam didn't grab that. Hey, you're our driver. You got to give us a, we'll give you a cut when it's all said and done. Well, we'll see what, you know, we'll talk to Tony when uh, we get to Utah and Austin, yeah, to see what we'll kind see of what deal they, maybe Austin has to buy dinner the rest of the rest of the year. I don't know. Come take everybody to Waffle House and drop, you know, 75 bucks. Hey, hey wrong with that, though? there's nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong. Uh, folks, there's, there is your Paddock Pass insight from David Cole. Again, Paddock Pass presented by Comp Carts. After this next break, it's time to start heading into the race report. David will give us a class-by-class breakdown of who was able to stand on top of the podium, who was able to make it to the actual awards ceremonies at the end of each day of competition. Opening round of the USPKS from Ocala will continue on this edition of The Debrief. Joining the Rawlson Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, super nationals winners, and former Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. Rawls Performance Group is setting a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in the IAMI X30 categories. We have the largest trackside OTK inventory, providing parts to racers and teams at all the major events in North America. RPG can also offer multilingual support, as we have French and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawlison Performance Group. We race to win. With over 35 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products, led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, bearings, we're the source for axle components in the USA. We're not just axles either. 
At PKT, we can manufacture motor mounts, hubs, brake rotors, and even GoPro mounts. We're also the choice for axle and chassis straightening. We've designed a dedicated table for the sole purpose of straightening and laser aligning your chassis. If needed, we have the capability to cut, replace, and weld portions of your chassis as well. Big crash bent your frame? Send it to us. Broke a spindle yoke off in a wreck? We can replace it. You don't need to toss that expensive frame in the trash bin. We can fix it. We can repair and straighten chassis, and we CNC machine the finest carding products in the country. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. PKT, what's in your cart? Welcome back to episode number 46 of the EKN Debrief. Again, here on the EKN Radio Network, Rob Howden alongside David Cole, who is quarterbacking our review of the opening round of the U.S. PKS, the Southern Grand Prix at Ocala Grand Prix in Florida. Uh, we're going to jump now into the race report presented by Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. They specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, their championship-winning Merlin chassis. They've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for years, from providing a helping hand on a weekday test outing or at a club event, to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. You mentioned, David, Franklin Motorsports, a big supporter of the USPKS over the years. Uh, let's let you have at it now. You've got uh, what we got four classes in our first segment here, four classes or three classes in the second segment, seven in total. Have at it, Haas. Let's go. X30 Pro. <laughs> well, as I mentioned earlier, Austin Garrison was able to walk away with the $2,500 check for most points on the weekend. Uh, part of that was due to the fact that he came out and won the opening round on Saturday. Uh, the day was actually dominated early on by Colin Warren. Uh, the local Florida driver was uh, solid in qualifying and won the pre-final after holding off uh, Jarzakrak, Brandon Jarzakrak, early until Jarzakrak dropped out with a flat tire. Um, so that dropped him out of contention. Austin, that moved Austin Garrison up in the order, and he just pounced early and got ahead of Warren early on in the final and drove away to victory. Uh, Warren actually fell back to fourth early on, which allowed Jake Venberg to move up to second. And then Colin Daly, the original Jamaican sensation, uh, moving up into third, uh, his first podium finish. Both, I think, Venberg and uh, Daly earning their first podiums at the USPKS. So what about Jarsakrak? He has the, he has the, the trouble in the pre-finals. He, uh, as he work his way through? Again, 30 drivers in the field, right? So he probably started way back, 30th or 29th, whatever. Uh, how far back did he get? Yeah, Jarsakrak, uh, the flat tire in the pre-final, started 24th in the main event and was able to work his event. way up into 10th. So. All right. How about so, Sunday? So we moved over to Sunday, and it was senior rookie Matthew Dunkovich, which on the Cart Republic for Cart Sport North America, who set fast time in qualifying. But again, Warren was able to get a better jump on the outside of the front row and, and drive away uh, to the win in the prefinal. But again, challenged by Garrison this time in the prefinal as the two swapped for the lead at the end, but Warren uh, came out on top. 
neither of them were able to come out uh, in the final as the victor. And it was Zach Hollingshead, last year's Sunday winner, uh, who shot through the field, shot through both Garrison and Warren, took the lead, and then was able to hold off a hard-charging Josh Green for the victory with Xander Clements coming up with fast lap of the race and driving up to third, um, earning his first podium in the X30 Pro category. Nice job for Xander. That's solid. Yeah, it was a little bit of last lap, last corner battle with between him and Warren. Uh, Xander was actually the quick, as as we said, was the fastest driver on the track and and dove to the inside of Warren going through that uh, that carousel. And Warren didn't want to give, and neither did Xander. And the two kind of made contact, so Warren to, Warren kind of got shuffled out into the marbles. Uh, he continued on and and was able to finish uh, towards the tail of the top ten. But uh, you know, again, a good performance by Hollingshead. And one interesting note was Garrison won last year on Saturday aboard the Fullerton. Hollingshead won last year on Sunday aboard the Tony Cart. This year, Garrison Ward above aboard the CRG. And then this year, Hollingshead won aboard the TB Cart. So both drivers winning both events, both days on different chassis. That's weird, isn't it? It's they very both, weird. Somehow, that's weird. They both win the same days the next year on different chassis. That's pretty it's, cool. Yeah, it's hey, not listen, something oh, you see. I, I want to make, oh, make a comment because I found this interesting. Because I want to give it a little bit of an update. Um, of course, I was out at Sonoma during our dual weekend, double-double, you know, I'm posting my results, you're posting your results. You were a bit ahead of me, of course, three hours ahead of me. So as I kind of, I'm getting things going there early, I was racing, so I was at the track probably more early than I, we normally are. But I saw them, you know, when I was watching your stuff, when you're posting stuff on Twitter and, and Facebook, uh, the immediate results, I saw Matthew Dunkovich, and I kind of took a double take. I'm like, whoa, it's a, there's a bunch of stacked talent. There's a lot of talent in that, in that you know, X30 Pro class. Pretty impressive for Dunkovich to lay down a big lap like that. What? Wh- how did the rest of his day kind of roll out? Because you know, obviously, kind of shook things up a bit going P one on Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's. I think I keep giving jars of crack a little a little uh, nudging uh, because he's he's, he's kind of getting his uh, his pupil there a little bit better than he is uh, on All a right. couple occasions. But uh, no, Dunkovich just kind of had a bad start at the uh, at the end of the pre or at the start of the pre final and got shuffled back and ended up finishing in the eighth spot. And then uh, in the, in the main event uh, still was among uh, the top drivers and ended up finishing fifth uh, behind Garrison. So one spot ahead of jars of crack. So again, we can kind of, you know, rub it in on jars of crack that he's, he's doing a little too good of a teaching job. That's right. Now, interesting too, David, and obviously looking at your notes and kind of the results that you posted out there, Neither of the winners able to go, you know, able to get back on the or get on the po- other podium. You know, Garrison's not able to get on the podium in race number two. Hollingshead wasn't on the podium in race number one. Kind of changed things up a bit in the points, right? No one able to really jump out hugely out front. Yeah, six different drivers on the podium on the weekend in this category. So something you don't really ever see yeah. uh, at events, especially in this the Axe Thirty Pro category. Uh, but she, you know, as we said, points wise, Garrison coming out with a $2,500 payday, earning the most points on the weekend, uh, Hollingshead was able to move up into the second spot and he trails by 45 points, uh, to Garrison with, uh, Warren ending up 64 points back in third. So, but again, you know, you take, you take a look at the top 10 and the points, any of those guys are, are capable of winning, uh, especially when we go to GoPro. 
And you can be assured that Dun- Dunkovich and, and Jarza crack. And again, Garrison, who was fast there last year as well, are going to be in the mix along with the other drivers. Um, uh, is there a drop? Uh, so uh, is there a drop for in calculating the, f- the finals for this, for USPKS? This is like the eighth different series. So I'll have to <laughs> go back and look at it. I don't know for because sure. I- because I think it's changed. I, you know, to be honest, I think last year they'd counted all six, but I, I again, I got to go back and look. I, love it. I, I understand that, David. I totally understand it. All right. So there's X30 Pro, big wins for Austin Garrison and Zach Hollingshead. David, let's move to the X30 Junior class, another one, uh, the other category with 4500 bucks up for grabs at the end of Sunday. Yes, they do count all six, by the way. There you go, David. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Well, I like that. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I like that as a six race series. I understand having a drop because people don't want to not come because of the last race. But, man, you know what? We're talking six races, three weekends. Get it done on every race. You never know what's going to happen. I like that. Yep. So we'll get into uh, the KA100 senior category now. You want to go go them next? You don't want to go junior? Oh, sorry. Yep. I I skipped over that. Yep. Sorry. I'm here for you. Uh, so Chloe Chambers uh, was able to set fast time in qualifying. Again, we saw her at the WK event the last the weekend before that. Knew she was going to be quick on the weekend. Noted her in in our preview. But it was actually John Burke who uh, the Texan coming over with uh, Super Tune that was able to come away with a pre final win. Uh, but in the final, ended up being Connor Zilich, uh, a familiar name we've seen throughout the year at the top of the X thirty junior category. Uh, Zillage was able to win uh, in coming back from what he from school. So miss completely missed Friday practice, no practice whatsoever. So Saturday warm up was his first time on track for the weekend. So kind of slowly made his way up through the fields, uh, ended up P15 and qualifying because he was in the slow group for qualifying that they split up throughout the weekend uh, and worked his way up to the top spot, beating out Burke for the victory with uh, fellow junior rookie Brent Cruz third on the podium. There you go, folks. No more bitching and complaining if you can't make qual- uh, practice on Friday. <laughs> Connor Zillich says you don't need to do it. Just, just show up on Saturday. You'll be good. Yep, and then uh, <laughs> and then I, I completely agree. We've talked about it many, many times, and I'm done t- telling everybody that. But we'll, we'll, right. we'll see how it goes. Uh, so Sunday moved over to uh, – it was actually John Burke's birthday – and John Burke was able to uh, give himself a good birthday present by sweeping the entire round uh, on Sunday. So Burke led from qualifying, able to win the pre-final. And Zillage jumped out to uh, a big lead in the final, but a slight error and off-track incident uh, took him out of the lead and then eventually out of the race. That allowed Burke to cruise off to, uh, to victory, uh, er- er- giving himself a big birthday present, uh, turning 14 on the day. And then Matthew Christensen, who actually went from the CRG to the Tony Kart overnight, was able wow. to drive up into the second spot, earning that over Kiffin Simpson in third. That's an interesting move. <laughs> when you sit, sit in the uh, after the day, sitting in the uh, under the easy up, and said, "Hey, so what do you want to do to the cart? I want to run a different one. <laughs> I, want ch- I want to change the chassis. All right. Yeah." Well, you know, I, it's it's an interesting scenario. Um, you know, it, it seems to be that a lot of these kids are getting used to the OTK brand, and anytime they move away from it, it they they just can't handle it. And so I, I don't know if that that was the case there, uh, but it seemed like he had the same pace in qualifying, but uh, race speed he was a little bit better 
uh, when you kind of compare the two days. But again, once you qualify up front, it helps out definitely, especially as we said at Ocala, where it's the Bristol of Cardiff. So um, a lot of that has to, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios, you know, guys wrecking in front of you, able to make you move you up. So, you know, who's to say, you know, we don't know what, what he'll do uh, the, for the remainder of the season. We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Big day, though, for John Burke. You know, I've had a chance to, uh, to, to follow John, you know, doing what I did last year, uh, calling the Texas Pro Car Challenge races. Uh, here's a, a young guy that kind of flies under the radar to a certain extent, uh, but moving over with Super Tune onto the Tony Kart, uh, he's got a lot of talent. As you said, just turning 14 years of age. So could still have another full year of junior if he wanted to run. Uh, but good to see John kind of step out in the, into the spotlight. Uh, I think now leading the points based on your notes. Uh, good to see him, again, step into the spotlight, rather, at the USPKS. Uh, definitely a talented young driver from, from Texas. Yep, so Burke's going to leave the weekend or was able to take the $2,500 cash uh, for earning most points on the weekend. Kiffin Simpson ended up second, and he's 83 points back at Burke. Uh, with Brent Cruz sitting there in third, 91 points back. Interesting. Again, looking at the results there, David, you talked about the fact we had uh, you know six different drivers on the podium in X30 Pro, five different drivers, I believe, on the podium in X30 Junior. Like just no one, no one really able, other than Burke, of course, first and second, but no one really able to come out and, uh, and, and match it up again. That's interesting. Yeah, Zillage definitely would have had the victory had it not be for uh, the dirt that he hit on the racetrack and that sent him off. Um, so you would have had two drivers back, probably back to back one twos um, again, but it, but behind them, it was really a great battle. You know, Cruz was right there racing for third, but it ended up being Kiffin Simpson to, to take that spot. So again, Cruz, Cruz is going to be one to watch. So we'll see. And then we'll see if Simpson can uh, step it up and, and land on the podium both weekends or both days in, uh, in GoPro. All right, let's move to KA100 Senior. Uh, we've got both X30 Pro and X30 Junior in the books. Again, this is the uh, 46th episode of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us his review of the opening round of the USPKS, the Southern Grand Prix from Ocala. Uh, David, let's go into KA100 Senior, then we'll move to KA100 Junior before our final break of the show. Well, coming into the weekend, we knew uh, it was going to be some new players kind of fighting for the top spots, and it ended up uh, with with Zach Hollingshead, the champion, staying over at X30 Senior, and then TJ Coyne moving over as well, too. Uh, so we knew we were going to see some new names, and one of them was Julia Booz. I know you saw her at the Scusa Winter Series racing in the K100 Senior category there. She set the tone early, setting fast time and qualifying, and then Comet Cart Rate Comet Cart sales driver Matthew Mockaby actually winning a pre-final, but uh, that was one of the races that was waiting. It was the last final of the day, and they actually got moved to be the first tra- uh, first race on track after the rain. And mind you, again, I told you it was sunny while raining. Yeah. So when they gave the 15-minute warning for their main event to go on, I was looking at it like, man, I would almost go out on slick t- on dry tires. Did but, anybody? Uh, but it, they made it mandatory for rain um, okay. because, of, because of the the rainy conditions. And believe me, the first couple of laps, I mean, it was slick. But uh, with that summer, that that sun beating down and the the warm temperatures by the by about the halfway point, we started seeing a dry line forming, and and wow, those, okay. those tires were pretty much gone. But um, but Josh Hotz was able to uh, to manage the wet and the dry, 
and uh, walk away to a great big uh, victory, earning his first USPKS victory. Uh, Jack Dorsey charged up uh, from from about mid-pack to uh, end up second. He was another great driver in the rain. And then uh, Emery Lida was uh, was third on the podium. It was actually Blake Hunt that was running second, but a pushback bumper penalty dropped him from second to fourth, taking him off the podium. So uh, on Sunday, uh, again, I'm just kind of working off your notes as well. You're the quarterback here. But Julia Boos, again, quick out of the box. Very impressive. Yeah, she was very quick throughout the weekend. Again, that the that rain uh, probably uh, dampened her uh, her hopes at landing on the podium on Saturday. Sunday was kind of the same thing. She was quick in qualifying, but kind of slipped back a little bit in the prefinal. It was actually Blake Hunt uh, coming through and scoring the victory. And then in the final, uh, another you know different driver ending up uh, with a checkered flag. This time it was Colton Ramsey who put in a dominant performance, able to get by Blake Hunt early on and then just kind of put down the consistent laps to uh, secure victory over Hunt. And then veteran Adam Kreppen ended up standing on the podium in third because Booz, who ended up crossing the line in third, had a pushback bumper penalty and that dropped her from third to fifth. Hold on, looking at your notes. We, <laughs> do we have six different people on the podium again? That's correct. Hotes, Dor- Hotes Dorsey, Lida. Ramsey, Hunt, Krepper. <laughs> well, not to mention each day, a different driver leading the, the each session. So it was, you know, again, the K category is a very competitive no uh, division. No doubt about it. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So so when they uh, calculated the points again, this was not one of the uh, the cash prizes. But looking ahead to, uh, to GoPro, Blake Hunt leads the championship standings over Colton Ramsey by 26 points with Josh Holtz, uh sitting there 36 points back in third. Pretty impressive. And as you say, the KA100 senior uh, class, just a lot of great talent. Uh, you'll get the guys that are kind of more national guys, but and in your regionals, you get a couple locals come in. It's just such a great uh, package. 100cc stuff, I, I'm, I'm really excited about having driven it myself this last weekend. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really great addition to, uh, to national, regional, and club karting uh, all over the U.S., Dave, let's wrap up this particular segment of your race report and jump on into KA100 Junior. So I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump the gun on you again. We got six different drivers on the podium for the weekend. It's the first thing I did when I looked down real briefly. I'm like, all right, let's talk about that. six again. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and again, three different drivers uh, finishing Saturday at in the P1 position. Brent Cruz set fast time in qualifying. Uh, but was beaten by Dylan Christie in the pre-final. And again, the storm hit as these guys were on track for their main event. Uh, so they were pulled off the racetrack with a, with about eight laps, seven laps to go, or eight or nine laps to go or into the race. So they were pulled off track. K100 Senior went on track for their main events. And as I said, the track dried out by the time they were done. So all the K100 Junior guys, they just kind of sat around wondering, okay, do we go wet to dry? or dry to wet. And so, so they actually ended up all going out on dry tires. Uh, and it was Jeremy Fletcher who was able to charge up through the field and score his first USPKS victory in the category, uh, beating out Connor Zillage and Nikita Johnson. Uh, and anytime you get that kind of a red flag thing, right, where you're waiting and then you're not quite sure what to do. I always think it kind of plays into the heads of the drivers a little bit, especially if there's any uncertainty in, in what the track's going to be like when you hit on track. But as you said, uh, with the, the weather in Florida, how it's able to dry things up pretty quickly, um, 
you know, Jeremy Fletcher coming to the front, impressive for him. Now, how about on Sunday? Give us the, give us a Sunday update. Well, Cruz actually was supposed to be on the podium on Saturday, but uh, two spots for avoidable contact took him out of second place. Uh, But Cruz really bounced back on Sunday, making sure it was, it was him and only him at at the top as he swept the, uh, the round. Uh, It was actually him leading and qualifying in the pre-final. And then uh, was a pretty good, pretty good uh, race in the main event. Uh, But he was able to get away from both Chris Dylan Christie and Kiffin Simpson to secure the top spot. So Christie and Simpson ended up battling for second all the way until the final corner when the two made contact going into the last no. corner. Uh, Zillage was right there trailing both drivers, got a little piece of uh, contact through the incident and was able to cross the line in second, but the contact pushed back the bumper mm. and uh, that put him down uh, into the sixth spot, thus moving Tyler Wettendale into the second spot, and then Lucas Smolik on the Merlin in third. That's always tough. You know, we're all, we all see the, the, the value and the results of the pushback bumper in terms of cleaner starts and just cleaner racing, but it's always, it's always tough when you, if you're involved in an incident, really not if you're doing it, it pushes the bumper back. Not really much you can do at that point, correct? Yeah, not, I mean, it, you know, again, I'm not sure if they protested it or not. I don't believe that ca- that category was protested because okay. I've seen it before where, you know, guys have protested that the incident that caused the pushback was not, you know, avoidable contact. So, you know, who's to say uh, what happened? Uh, but again, I saw the onboard. It was a hard hit and there's no doubt about that. Uh, it pushed back his bumper uh, or would have pushed back anybody's bumper. How's the points uh, lineup look now after those first two races in KA100 Junior? So Cruz should have had two podiums, but only had the one, but it was a victory, and that kind of helped him propel to him to the top spot uh, as he leads by 61 points over Zillage with uh, Wettengale sitting there in third with 82 points back. So uh, it's going to set up because all three drivers – call GoPro their home track. And so <laughs> right. That should be a, a pretty good battle throughout the weekend. Elbows up for sure, folks, when they get to GoPro Motorplex for the uh, third and fourth rounds of the USPKS series here in 2019. We've got four down, three more categories still to come as David uh, will continue with our race report brought to you by Franklin Motorsports. Stick with us, more to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock Engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. 
If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. If clean racing, fair competition, and tons of fun is what you're looking for in a racing program, then look no further than the United States Pro Kart Series. MG Tires and IAMI USA East have teamed up to present the 7th edition of the USPKS, and it just keeps on getting better. USPKS just wrapped up the first event of 2019, and it was a blowout success. The Southern GP in Ocala was one of our biggest and best events ever, setting the stage for another banner year. The 2019 USPKS once again takes its racers to top karting venues like Ocala Grand Prix, GoPro Motorplex, and Newcastle Motorsports Park. If stacked fields, cash prizes, and tons of laps is what you're after, then USPKS is where you want to be. If you'd like to join the party in Mooresville or Newcastle, check out our website at USPKS.com. Move up to karting, move up to USPKS. Welcome back to episode number 46 of the EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden. David Cole giving us his report from the opening rounds of the United States Pro Kart Series, the Southern Grand Prix in Ocala, Florida. Uh, David, we've got things done with uh, KA100 uh, K Junior and Senior. We've done the X30 Pro and X30 Junior classes. That we, each category taking home, the winner taking home $2,500 on the X30 uh, Junior and Senior. Let's jump now into X30 Master. Mini Swift and Micro Swift. Again, the race report today brought to you by Franklin Motorsports. Uh, again, 15 drivers, I think you said, in the X30 Masters category. How did they? Uh, how did things roll out? It was pretty much a two-driver battle throughout the weekend, and one of them being uh, new Masters driver David uh, Galloway, um, a driver that we typically see uh, actually has a garage in uh, at Newcastle. So when we're up there at the in the Champions Club. Uh, every time I go, I go down to uh, to take photos, their garage is right there, and they're always uh, outside working on the carts. And uh, <laughs> so it was good to see him. And he actually, what he did was race both X30 Master and X30 Pro. So this guy uh, was at it double duty, and wow. I mean, was just it was amazing to watch because he ran the same pace that he ran in Masters in the in the X30 Pro, which again, you know, was about you know 20, battling for about twentieth, but will. To be able to to go around all weekend long at Ocala to do double duty is pretty pretty stout uh, accomplishment. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Tracks better. So, track will beat. Yeah. Yeah. So David was uh, was a good surprise to the field and and set the tone in qualifying, posting fast lap. But uh, local driver and national ranked Masters driver Scott Roberts was able to to edge him out for the pre final win. The two kind of went at it again in the final, but this time it was David scoring uh, the victory in, in his inaugural. Uh, X30 Masters debut, um, beating out Roberts to the line with uh, Danny Robertson uh, finishing in third. Uh, overall, uh, one of the things about, about X30 Masters, depending on on the race you're at, but normally some pretty good camaraderie. Uh, was the racing hardcore? Were they going at it or were they giving each other room? Uh, it was pretty uh, gentleman-like, yeah. Um, okay. nothing, yeah, there was never really too many, uh, issues on track, you know, uh, that, that, that I noticed, uh, whether it be out front or in the back. Um, so it was pretty gentlemanlike throughout the weekend for the category, which you want to see. And again, Roberts and, and Robertson, who are good friends and, and good, uh, uh, competitors, uh, were there to, uh, to greet Tim Coyen, uh, at the podium with big hugs to, uh, to land on the podium, <laughs> which was something we saw last year at the championship, uh, celebration there in newcastle 
when the, when they both ended up there. And, and it's something we saw again uh, Saturday night to uh, to end the day. So, you know, making the transition from Saturday to Sunday, which I think is always key, right? You, you see the drivers that do well on Saturday or maybe rise to the occasion on Sunday. You make that adjustment overnight. You try to figure out what exactly it is you want to change come out with a, a little better platform, a little better setup for Sunday. That's always key. And, and based on your notes, it seems to me like Scott Roberts got the job done qualifying uh, on the pole and then going to win the pre-final as well. Yeah, Roberts was right there uh, at the front again. And then and Galloina was right there too, uh, putting the pressure on both in qualifying and the pre-final. Um, so the two started on the front row for their main event. But something happened to Roberts there uh, on the opening lap of the final which uh, dropped, dropped him to the tail of the field um, as they came around. Luckily, he was able to get going in, so I'm not quite sure if it was just uh, something electrical or, or, um, or if he just kind of got offline and got, got the marbles on his tires and couldn't get going again until a couple of corners later. Uh, whatever it was, uh, he fell to the tail of the field, but uh, ended up driving his way back up to six. But at the same time, David had uh, a struggle as well, and that allowed Robertson to uh, jump from third to first and basically go wire to wire for the victory in his first USPKS triumph. Nice job for, for Danny Robertson grabbing that first win. I see in your notes Darren Marcus as well, veteran driver coming up into the second spot. I think Darren will probably will be in the hunt for the, uh, the USPS crown before it's all over too. Yeah, the Newcastle winner last year uh, definitely was going to be – was looked at as one of the top contenders uh, going into the weekend. Uh, it wasn't quite there on Saturday, but as you said, you know, sometimes overnight you find a little bit of pace and, and Marcus was one of those as he was able to get up to second uh, following Robertson uh, on that opening lap and then uh, hold the position uh, to the checkered flag. So bottom line is, uh, you, know, you know, we expect uh, Scott Roberts to be fast. As you said, Danny Robertson grabbing his first win. We know Marcus is going to be quick, but when you look at the points, let's throw this new name, right, into the X30 Masters Championship hunt in, in David Galloina. That's, uh, I like seeing a new name in there. Yep, Galloina is going to lead the uh, the championship going into GoPro with Robertson sitting there in second, 29 points back, with uh, Scott Roberts sitting in third, 40 points back. So, again, nothing out of the uh, – nothing – Roberts still in it. And so is, so is Marcus, so is a number of the others, depending on what happens in GoPro. And with no drops, as you, as you said earlier, you confirmed that. It's all it takes is somebody to have one rough race, and it kind of changes everything. Moving now to Mini Swift, um, you know, David, I, I would have to say, based on what I saw, of course, in Florida and what we saw at the Scusa Winter, uh, Winter, uh, Winter Series and, of course, the Scusa Winter Nationals as well, one of the drivers to beat in Mini Swift here in 2019 is going to be Kai Sorensen. Uh, it looks to me like he came out of the box pretty strongly, you know, Kala as well. For sure. Um, you know, Sorensen, as we as we mentioned in, in a number of the other debriefs, is in his third third year as a Mini Swift driver. So definitely has the, the experience, the momentum, and especially earning both the Florida Winter Tour and Scusa Winter Series championships yeah. definitely has the momentum. So uh, definitely one to, to watch throughout the weekend and just – swept uh, the opening round to cement his name uh, towards uh, defending the uh, mini swift championship that he earned last year. Uh, the final was again, him up front. Um, the super tune guys, there was a, a bunch uh, three of them up front, uh, but it was really Michael Costello who was able to jump up ahead and grab the second spot to kind of break up uh, their group. 
uh, moving Anderson Leonard back to the third position. Overall, anything, uh, anything big? Did anybody come from the tail of the field? Any kind of you know, cool stories happening in the opening, ra- opening race? Yeah, some there's something to do with flat tires on the weekend. And, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, Christian, Christian Miles was one of the uh, victims as well too. Um, had a flat tire in qualifying, was able to only record the 20th quickest time uh, in that session, but uh, really muscled his way through the field, both in the pre-final and final. Was really fighting for one of the podium positions there at the end, but ended up finishing fourth. I find it very interesting. We, we, you know, and everything as you've gone through these categories, we're just seeing so many different drivers kind of step up on, you know, the next day, or, or we're seeing, like you said, a number of these categories, six different drivers taking the six spots on the podium over Saturday and Sunday. And it seems to me like on Sunday, another driver kind of stepping up, Jorge Ortiz, the driver who kind of come to the spotlight uh, in mini Swift on Sunday. Yeah, Ortiz was among those guys that were near the front uh, on Saturday, but just wasn't able to quite get into uh, onto the podium. But he, along with uh, his Supertune teammates, Sorensen and Leonard, really kind of dominated the day. Um, Ortiz was really fighting with Sorensen for mo- much of the day, but Ortiz was able to, to sweep the day, uh, earning uh, maximum points to towards the championship and uh, beat out Leonard and Sorensen for a one, two, three finish. Uh, overall, pretty solid run for the guys to get the season off, uh, uh, off to a good start. Uh, Sorensen, as you said, uh, he's just, everything kind of going his way. And in that third year of mini Swift and, and David, we speak of this often that we like to see drivers staying as long as they can in a, in a race group, because they get a chance to learn how to win. They get a chance to learn how to run for championships as opposed to jumping up into the next class. Cause you want to be the youngest guy in the class. Um, Sorensen, as you said, already a Florida Winter Tour champion, already a Scusa Winter Series champion, uh, right up there in the hunt. I'm not sure if he's actually leading in the Scusa Pro Tour right now, but then also leading here in the championship in Mini Swift. Overall, 40-point lead over Leonard. Sorensen off to just bottom line, a tremendous start to the 2019 season. It, w- it was a tremendous start for him, and, and we're probably going to see a lot more of him throughout the season. Uh, and, and it was, uh, just to kind of go back to the, the Sunday main event, um, Miguel Costa and Christian miles were right there. Uh, it just didn't seem like they could break up that super tune group. And, and I, as we've seen in the past before, you know, guys working together, uh, when you, when you, even though the guy might not be your teammate, it's almost better to kind of work with him rather than fight against him to kind of go up against the other team. So that's, that's one thing we're going to have to gauge uh, as the series goes on. Yeah. When you're battling against three drivers up front, working together, it doesn't matter what the chassis is from the guy beside you. It's like that, you know, it's the, it's the rest versus them. You know what I mean? You got to team up with whoever you can. Uh, David, let's wrap up the race report again, brought to you by Franklin Motorsports. Let's cap things off with your review of Microswift. Well, the driver to beat, has shown to be Spencer Conrad. Conrad is coming off um, some victories at WK competition and came into the weekend and won both main events. Uh, Saturday was uh, Conrad on top in qualifying, but it was Ayrton Grimm who uh, grabbed the pre-final win, but Conrad fought back in the final and drove up to score the victory and run away with it uh, over Carson Waters and Grimm ending up in third. Uh, Sunday, it was uh, Jack... Uh, again, I can never say I live. Yes. It just looks funny when I see it. And I just don't I know, know how to me. say it. <laughs> yeah, but, trust me. Yeah. I stumbled I over know when how I first to say started it now, too. but I, every time I look at it, I, I just, it just, it's one of those things. 
So I, but ILIF, uh, ILIF was really strong on Sunday as setting fast time and qualifying and winning the prefinal, but just struggled just a little bit and actually ended up falling down to eighth spot in the main event. Uh, but it was Conrad coming up and scoring the victory. Waters ended up finishing second with Grimm once again in third. So Conrad with the point lead, 34 over Walters and Grimm now in the third spot. Uh, all in all, are you, are you, are you happy with the, the, the micro swift field, do you think, is there like a group of just five that have kind of stepped up or do you think there's deeper talent that uh, we'll be able to challenge when we get to GoPro? Well, you, I lift being back in eight. So I think you look at it, there's probably eight drivers there at least that can, that can contend for podium positions. I think that's the great thing about the, uh, the micro swift category this year is there's a lot of new names and, and new drivers that, uh, that we haven't really seen uh, towards the front. You know, Conrad's kind of a new name. Uh, Grimm's kind of in his second year, I believe, now in 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 the micro category. So he's he's now contending for podiums. Um, Carson Waters, she's she's shown that she's going to be there to to challenge as well, uh, and a number of other different names and and dri- drivers that have graduated from the uh, kid cart categories as well. David giving us the full race report of the seven categories involved in the USPKS. Of course, they're launching. They launched rather their uh, their. 2019 season we will uh at the end of this podcast of course do a wrap-up david we'll have a look at the constructors championship breakdown and we'll do a little preview of the uh the uh, what, second event third and fourth rounds which are in mid-june but right now david let's have a look at our ek and trackside live race calendar where you and i are going to be over the next little while uh this particular edition of the race calendar presented by um committed gaskets Kometic Gaskets are a leader in the performance gasket market by collaborating with engine builders such as Roush Yates Engines and ECR for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Kometic's cutting-edge gasket technology has then been applied to the Burris Cup Series as a spec gasket and from there to the entire gasket line for the karting market, including both two- and four-cycle engines. Kometic offers the latest and most complete line of gaskets for today's performance-minded carter. Visit Kometic.com for our complete line of carding gaskets. Custom build? No problem. Give us a call at 440-354-0777, and we can help. David, in some of our last debriefs, you and I have been going through a long list of races that we, we've been going to in the next, you know, two to three to four weeks. You know, you and I, after finishing up the dual weekend double-double, we can take a deep breath, calm down a second, because essentially – well, it's April 11th right now. We're looking at essentially three weekends uh, at home, in the office, getting work done. Next event on our, our schedule, May the 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals. We head back to essentially to LA, Utah, for Utah Motorsports Complex. They're calling it Erda, Utah now. But uh, that's our next race. we get you know a little time, spring cleaning, reset. Uh, get caught up on all the editorial we've got uh, kind of in the hopper and in the queue getting ready to go. But otherwise, it's the first weekend of May, our next race as part of the EKN Trackside Live Tour presented by Cooper Tires for 2019. Does spring cleaning include snow on the ground? Because I woke up this morning, the snow on the ground, and that's... There's a dusting There's a dusting here as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's just... It's, it's, it's crazy how how we live in this Northern hemisphere type weather. And it's just crazy or why, why do we live in the Northern? Well, we're not in the North in the Northern climes. Let's not say yeah. hemisphere. Otherwise you're living down in South America, but no, there's other places we could live that would, <laughs> wouldn't have snow in the middle of April. Yeah. I'm just hoping we don't have snow in Utah. I mean, we're probably going to see it in the mountains for sure. Yeah, I'm going to guess sure. because 
Uh, you know, if we keep getting these these polar vortexes and, and winter storm warnings uh, right now, and, and if they continue on into next week, uh, I, I think we might see some snow in the mountains, which would be pretty cool for photos. I'm just going to say, if it happens, I'm calling Terry Bybee, and we're going to go skiing on uh, at Snowbird on Monday. That's what I'm going to do. Me <laughs> <laughs> and Bybee are going skiing. Well, there could still be enough snow for skiing, that's for sure. There will be. There will be a little bit, for sure. It's not, it's early May. There's going to be a little – it won't be great skiing, but I'm sure there – maybe me and Bybee will have to go out on Monday. We'll see. Because um, I go straight from Scusa right to the uh, the IndyCar race at, at Indianapolis. So I'm, I'm not going home. I'm staying right there. My, it doesn't look as busy for you here. For me, of course, I got I've all, all the stuff that's happening in Indianapolis with the 500 qualifying and the IndyCar Grand Prix started off. But otherwise, David, you'll get a couple of weeks break, and then you're back at it with the WK Manufacturers Cup. You're heading to Road America, which is cool, May 17th, 18th, 19th. Yeah, yep, a weekend in between uh, to kind of regroup yep. and uh, refresh and and enjoy some some baseball with the, with the kids. But uh yeah, heading back to Road America, uh, looking forward to getting back there, Want, wondering uh, what the, the new pavement that they laid down last year is going to, uh, how that's going to uh, treat the uh, competitors. Uh, I'm sure the racing is going to be fast and, and furious, but just to be back to uh, to Elkhart Lake is going to be uh, pretty exciting. It'll be you and I together. I'll be on the mic at the Scuso Spring Nationals at SeaTech Manufacturing Motorplex, the, the name of the track at Road America in Elkhart Lake. You'll be back with Eric Brennan for that one. And yeah, you know what? Well, that's, I guess really that's the primary kind of talking point coming in, right? What's the, what's the, the what's the repave going to look like? How's it going to affect the racing? And uh, I got to think that a lot of guys are going to say, Hey, I want to go, I want to get back to road America. I, I'm hoping they get a pretty good turnout there. I would think the local contingent will be there for sure. Uh, this being kind of the early season races, uh, club races are just getting going. So it's a great way to kind of, to kind of energize and, and, and get your season off to a good start. Uh, should you perform well at the WKI race? So uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see what kind of numbers it draws, but uh, just, just going back to road America is a great, great feat. Just over a month away, folks, the WK manufacturers cup, getting back at it up at road America. That is your EKN trackside live race calendar presented by Cometic gasket. All right, David, let's wrap up this edition of the debrief. As we always do, let's have a look at the Constructors' Championship breakdown. Um, over the last number of debrief reviews we've done, we've seen a, a, a ton of different chassis really kind of step up and kind of take over a little bit. This particular one, kind of a little more of what we've seen over the last number of years. Eight different brands scoring wins, but uh, Tony Kart coming out pretty strongly at Ocala. Well, Tony Kart is is a very popular chassis at the Ocala Grand Prix uh, facility. The the team there, obviously, being a Tony Kart dealer and longtime uh, team uh, utilizing the OTK brand, so it's uh, it's it was no surprise that we saw a lot of Tony Karts winning. Uh, Tony Kart was able to win both races in the Mini Swift category, along with the uh, X thirty, oh, not X thirty Master. Um, so an X30 master win, uh, X30 junior win, and I'm trying to think of the other category at one, but, uh, definitely, uh, it was no, no stranger to see that, the, that brand win. Nitro card again, a couple of wins. As you said, they did well, uh, CRG with one cart Republic, knocking out one Merlin nation, grabbing one comp cart with a win TB cart with a win and Xpree as well. One of the other OTK products getting one victory as well. But, uh, yeah, just 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 the one, just well, just two really going double digit, but only one one chassis brand really knocking out more than a handful. 
Yeah, again, like I said, it's no surprise that that we saw that with Tony Cart. Um, you know, um, I think we there was a number of different brands that we saw on the podium, so at least we had that um, in terms yeah. of diversity uh, with the number of brands doing that. Um, but again, no surprise to see Tony Cart on top, and then. When we go to GoPro, we'll see we'll see what happens uh, with uh, with that. I think we'll see a little bit more of a shakeup in in the brands winning winning there. It's interesting you say that because I was I was thinking the same thing. When you go to different tracks, there's obviously different pockets of drivers who who run different chassis, who run well at different race tracks. And you're right, you'll very likely see a different spread. We may even go back and compare what we saw at Ocala to what we end up seeing at GoPro uh, when you're back uh, in mid June. Let's let's preview that. Uh, mid-June event, David, a little bit. Give us some information on what you think you're going to see uh, when when the, when the Carolina Grand Prix uh, uh, presents rounds number three and four. Yeah, June 14, 15, and 16 weekend uh, is when uh, the United States Pro Card Series will get back into action, as you said, with the uh, Carolina Grand Prix at GoPro Motorplex. Uh, traveling back to Mooresville, North Carolina, a favorite uh, destination for us. I know you haven't been there a couple of years, while, but yeah. uh, I, I like uh, I like heading there. Uh, last year, we saw 138 drivers uh, or entries uh, last year at the event. Uh, so that's obviously less than what we saw at Ocala. So I'm thinking I thinking we should be able to to match the Ocala number or even surpass it with the, you know, having the series regulars being there and also the number of locals that uh, that GoPro has um at their uh karting challenge throughout the season as well too now i, I know that you had mentioned uh, looking at your notes here are they gonna are they gonna kind of roll a golf tournament out this this particular uh event or what i like that idea. They, they had one last year and i'm trying to think i'm thinking it was on a wednesday it could have been on a thursday but i'm not quite sure and uh they've talked about uh bringing it back again uh, this year as well. So uh, set your calendars for that week and uh, it'll probably, I'm not sure if they're going to have it Thursday or Wednesday. Uh, we'll see uh, what happens when they release more details on that. Just uh, follow us on ecardinews.com folks. When they release the news, we'll make sure we get it out both on the website and through all of our social media channels. If you're not following us, do so immediately. Get on Facebook, Twitter. We do a lot of stuff on Instagram these days as well. The Instagram story, the main feed, uh, Facebook, make sure it happens on Facebook because, again, I did another one of our live Q&As after the race out in Challenge of the Americas. So you know David and I will do uh, very likely a Saturday and Sunday live Facebook Q&A from the Scusa Spring Nationals in Utah when we're there on the opening round, uh, or rather the opening weekend of May. Otherwise, David, we've wrapped things up here for episode number 46. Any final words? Maybe uh, a look back at, uh, at what you thought, uh, or at least maybe a grade or whatever, at what you thought uh, the USPKS opener was like. Seems to me, based on your notes, just a really, really good weekend and the numbers you want to see when you launch a program again. Good start for, for 2019. It was, yeah, it was a great weekend uh, for, for just racing in general. Mark Coates is really excited about uh, what they have going on, thanks to the support with uh, MG Tires and IAMI USA East. Yeah. You know, they're all pretty happy with uh, with the numbers that uh, that came out for the opening event, and they, they think it's it's moving back in the right direction, and that's good for the sport. And uh, we'll see uh, we'll see if uh, in three weeks we're going to get raining. <laughs> we probably will. I hope not. What, what about the vibe there, Dave? Was it good vibe? Good atmosphere? Yeah, I mean, you have your barbecue Friday evening as as they always do. Um, so. 
it was definitely the warmer temperatures kind of kept people, you know, trying to get it, stay out of the sun. So everybody was either in their tents or uh, in the, in the RV getting cooled down. So, uh, but again, yeah, uh, you know, people were there late Saturday because, uh, you know, obviously we had the rain delay, but uh, people were there enjoying themselves and barbecuing and grilling and having a good time. I like so, that. Again, that's that's what you what you want to see in the sport. Folks, there it is. Episode number 46 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us his review of the opening round of the 2019 United States Pro Kart Series. It was the Southern Grand Prix down in Ocala, Florida. And as David uh, told us, uh, great numbers, 162 in total. Some really tremendous racing with some different podiums in a number of the categories. All in all, a tremendous uh, start to the season for the USPKS. Again, David Cole and I looking uh, for... Yeah, a little time here at home in the office, getting work done, getting caught up. We're back at it with our next EKN Trackside Live event, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th, uh, the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals in Utah. We hope that uh, you tune in and join us when we get out to the Utah Motorsports Campus for what should be a tremendous weekend of racing. And again, hopefully we'll cross our fingers, even though David Cole will be there. No rain. Folks, thanks for joining us here on the EKN Radio Network. We appreciate it once again. If you haven't downloaded the app to your mobile device, you can do that in iTunes or Google Play. Make sure you follow all the podcasts as well. On our social media, we let you know when we have new podcasts uh, posted up. Always the first opportunity to listen to the content is streaming on the EKN Radio Network. Then after that, a couple days later, David turns it into podcast form. As long as you're uh, you're, uh, subscribing, You're going to get that podcast when it downloads to your iTunes, whatever you use. So, again, folks, thank you so much for supporting us here at the EKN Radio Network and eCardingNews.com. We certainly appreciate it. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.